I'm head of strategy for BA Systems. I work for Dyson and I am senior sustainability engineer. I'm a materials engineer working for the supercar brand McLaren Automotive. I'm principal technologist and founder of Kia Technology Solutions. Engineering is the best. It is so exciting and there are so many different ways you can go. I worked my way up through the ranks. So I got 40 plus years of experience doing that. Still, every day I just think it's mental. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't be it. If you heard those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET. I'm Alec Feldman, and each week I'll be joined by a different engineer who's achieved excellence in their field of choice and find out their story. Joining me today is a lead project engineer at Ricardo PLC, Natalia Adamson. Hi. Hi, Alec. Thank you so much for having me on today. Lovely to have you. Welcome along. So can you briefly outline... What does that mean, that sentence I've just said? (laughs) (laughs) So as part of my job here at Ricardo, I work in the Vehicle Emissions Research Centre. And what that means is that we test vehicles uh, for their emissions and we do that for uh, regulation purposes, um, so certification and homologation of new vehicles, which is always really exciting. I've been such a uh, car fan uh, since I was quite young. So being able to see all the different vehicles that we get in and uh, get to work on has always been really exciting. Um, so we need to understand the kit that we've got in the test cell. So we've got a four-wheel chassis dyno and the capability of measuring the different exhaust gases that are coming out of the tailpipe. Um, We also have the facility to be able to go climatic. So we can go from about minus 30 to plus 55 as a working spec, which is quite cool. I know the technician team get a bit cold sometimes or a bit too hot, Um, (laughs) but it's important that we're able to demonstrate the different um, working environments rather than actually having to send the car to a different part of the world to be able to experience that temperature. So far, we've already learned if you want to work in this business, have a good big coat. Yes. <laughs> You'll need it. Absolutely. You mentioned liking cars as a child. Let's go right back to the beginning. Why engineering? When I was younger, um, I was always helping my dad on the driveway. I'd sit on the driver's seat and he's always under the car and press the pedal, press the brake. Um, and uh, all, all, always the one running around trying to give him the right uh, size spanner. <laughs> Um, so I think that's that's where the love of cars sort of birthed. I remember so vividly um, in primary school, absolutely loving both maths and science. Um, and it was my dad's suggestion that if you're really good at both maths and science, you can do engineering, which nicely marries up both of them. Um, and it was from that point that I was like, yes, I think I'm going to go with this. I want to be an engineer. I think what sort of helped establish that throughout my education was all the different STEM outreach opportunities that I was really lucky to have had. Um, During primary and secondary school, um, the University of Cambridge did a lot of STEM events. So we were going there to blow some rockets up into the air or um, one that was really notable was um, making things out of cheese um, to simulate 3D printing. Sorry? Yeah, it was like um, it was melted cheese. <laughs> I think we had, I think we had tortillas and ham as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was so much fun. And I distinctly remember um, harassing the students that were helping or managing the event at the time. How do I be an engineer? What is it like at uni? I want to know everything. <laughs> um, and I was also really lucky to be a part of the engineering development trusts scheme it's called the industrial cadets and that's essentially what they do they organize a six-month project um, with a local engineering company to help sponsor you so the first year I was doing one with arm we built a drone which was just amazing I cannot imagine that I'd ever be able to do something like that in just the space of six months and then the next year I was doing it with couch Perry Wilkes um, and we were designing a um, carbon neutral building um, and that was really interesting also so um, along my studies having that experience just absolutely um, helped reinforce my love and passion for, for engineering at the time so I think it was a bit of a no-brainer that I then decided to go with mechanical engineering um, at university that was so much fun. Um, I graduated a year ago and I still can't believe that, that, I've, that I've finished it. I did a placement year and if anyone is considering doing a placement year, I thoroughly recommend it. I applied to come to uh, Ricardo as part of their automotive division. Um, I managed to get a space and um, it was actually here in the, um, in the Vehicle Emissions Research Centre um, that I was brought on as a placement student. So I was, I was so pleased when I graduated with a first from the University of Brighton. So I immediately ran back and said, please, I'd, I'd love to come back. And uh, yeah, the past year has been so much fun um, being able to develop and own my role. Sounds like they can't get rid of you. No, they can't. I, I think I just won't leave. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> you are one of those often talked about women in STEM. Mm -hmm. How has that experience been for you so far? It's been interesting. I think when I first started, um, I think I'll go back to university, actually. I sort of understood that um, there will be less women on my course and uh, my class. Um, I was the only girl in my physics class at A-level. So going from that to, to uni, I think it sort of equipped me. And then it was really once I started working that um, what didn't help at all was COVID. Um, so working on site, everyone else who can work from home is working from home. So you're not getting a lot of representation in person. And so I think for the first month, I found it a bit challenging trying to place myself and um, had to work a lot on myself to say just because you don't see it doesn't mean you can't be it but I'm so glad that I'm still here and I definitely use my position now to be that representation and um, as part of my role I also um, I'm on the Ricardo's diversity equity and inclusion forums team so we allow a, a session a month to be able to give employees an opportunity to talk about these topics. And we do a lot in terms of preparation for the sessions um, in order for it to be a really great constructive um, opportunity for people to, to have a talk about these topics. That's great. So in, in your role, what's the impact that you'd like to have? I think the, the biggest thing is um, being able to give clients their results, being confident that they're, um, that they're right 
it has such a huge impact. So um, when you're looking at buying a car and you have the little um, values at the bottom saying WLTC, CO2 values, that's what puts your car into different uh, vehicle tax brackets. That's a big responsibility, that. Yeah. So all of all of those values that um, we measure here are declarable to um, an agency and therefore to the government. So when you're looking at companies that rely on fleets, so for instance, um, like Royal Mail, all of those pounds add up very quickly. So it's really important for vehicle manufacturers to have good, reliable results in which they can trust to be able to declare those values to the uh, to the government. I think in the UK they're saying no more petrol cars to be sold by 2050. It's something like that, isn't it? I think the original deadline is 2030. Oh, blimey. Mm. That's just ticking around. Yes. So what do you see yourself doing in the, the fully EV world? So um, we've already started uh, doing EV testing, and that's been really interesting. Um, a really uh, challenging project that we had earlier on this year was looking at modifying an EV's range without ch- changing any of the hardware. Really cool to see and definitely feels like we're going into the next generation of vehicles. People always say, don't they, like, well, I would get an electric car, but it wouldn't get me from place to place. So that's, that's interesting. Let's get deep. What inspires you? What makes you the best version of yourself as an engineer? <laughs> um, gosh. Um, so I think from a professional perspective is seeing the, the progress which I make, being able to um, develop and grow my knowledge um, about vehicle testing um, and having that experience to work with different people. So I do a lot of work with my clients, a lot of work with other teams in Ricardo. So it's being able to see how how much progress that I've made over the last year and um, essentially just coming down to, well, if I can do that, then uh, what else could I do? And so I'm constantly trying to find like the next challenge and targets that I, that I might be able to, to achieve. Someone that graduated a year ago, you've got an impressive CV. <laughs> Um, I think what helps is uh, definitely the fact that um, perhaps I don't really see it as work. It sounds really cheesy, but I absolutely love my job and it doesn't really feel like work. (laughs) It almost feels like cheated the fact that I'm paid to be. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's a really nice position to be in. Oh, absolutely. I feel really privileged in in that respect. Um, And I can only hope that this continues throughout my career. Is there a a favourite bit? You get up in the morning, you come to work. What are you looking forward to for the day? Oh, that's that's a challenging question. Um, I think it comes down firstly to the people. I, I really enjoy walking in, seeing my team, but also the cars and the projects that we work on are being uh, being a bit of a petrol head to then come in and see all the, the new exciting vehicles that we're working on. Because we do homologation, um, a lot of the vehicles that we do work on might not be released. Um, so uh, just being so excited about, oh, goodness, this is brand new. I can't, I can't believe that, that we've got this here. And I guess the, the difficulty and the struggle with signing a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> when I then go out to to, to schools and do STEM events and going, please, I promise when I tell you I work on really cool stuff, I just, <laughs> I can't tell you <laughs> about <laughs> it. <laughs> Are there any specific things that might be sort of helpful to do if you were young and trying to 
get into the industry? Um, I think if we looked at schools, um, it would definitely be getting that work experience in. And I'm so glad that we as a company are getting so involved with offering work experience opportunities to students. But at a university level, I think is getting some work experience or going for internships or even doing STEM ambassador uh, volunteering work um, starting even from first year can help you so much um, into developing the skills that you need to be able to work in the industry. I think universities try really hard um, to be able to offer that but at the same time trying to teach students a lot of technical subjects skills like teamwork can, can fall by the wayside a bit. So basically, the kids are all terrible at teamwork, is what you're saying? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. The youth of today. (laughs) I think perhaps teamwork and communication, I think, are soft skills that perhaps there's no limit to how early you can start developing those skills. So starting from first year at university or even before then would be really advantageous. And if we flip the coin... Is there any sort of advice that's been given to you by other people that always sticks in your mind that you find useful to remember? I think the the biggest advice that has helped me to where I am today has been getting into uh, mentor relationships um, and developing those. I think that's having people there for you that you can then speak to, ask for advice um, and learn from has has had to be the backbone for me why I have the confidence to do what I do directly comes from the support that I get from my mentors that's really nice I've got one more question for you how many times does it take you to pass your driving test oh no (laughs) 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 Uh, it took me it took me twice to pass my theory and twice to pass my practical Two's not in like the shame zone. Yeah, I sort of saw the first time as let's see what this is about, and then the next time I was like, ah, oh, I know what I'm getting myself into. This will be fine. <laughs> That's okay. What was your first car? Oh, um, so uh, my first car was a Corsa C. I think she was 2001. I miss her, but I actually sold her to a friend, so I still get to see her every now and again. <laughs> You've been listening to I Could Do That, a podcast produced by the IET and Silver Fox. Silver Fox proudly support engineers around the world with their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer can print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for engineers in the field. For more information, please visit silverfox.co.uk.